Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 29, Edna Beard, Vermont's first woman legislator. The Burlington Free Press decided not to make a major event out of the election of the first woman. It had the list of the new legislators, and there was a little asterisk next to Edna Beard, and if you followed the asterisk, it said underneath, woman. <laughs> 1921, a schoolteacher from Orange takes her seat in the State House of Representatives, becoming the first woman member in the history of the Vermont General Assembly. That accomplishment wins a place in Vermont history books for Edna Beard. I just sort of always grew up in this aurora of a really great person. Elsie Beard, also of Orange, was born after her famous aunt's death, but she grew up hearing family stories that textbooks don't relate. She was an expert horsewoman. She was a schoolteacher and a homemaker. She never married. Um, she was active in Grange and in church and in town, library, and just everything that was going on. She was involved in directed plays. She was very highly respected was really a mentor to an awful lot of people. I sort of like to tell people she's my only relative I've never heard anybody say anything bad about. <laughs> Along with the enactment of full voting rights for women, the election of Edna Beard as legislator marks the emergence of Vermont women as full participants in public life. But Edna Beard had already held a prominent position in local affairs. She was always active in politics in town. One of the things that's kind of been amazing to me is that women could be elected to town office long before they could vote. And she was town treasurer, or her dad was town treasurer, and he died in 1912, and she was town treasurer from then on. According to her niece, her decision to run for the legislature was not made until late in the 1920 campaign. Vermont's elections used to be decided in the primary because everybody was a Republican almost. But she didn't decide to run until the general election. After the primary, she was somewhat upset with who the candidate was from Orange, and she went to Dean Davis' father, Earl Davis, who was a lawyer in Barrie, for advice, and he suggested that she run on the Citizens' Party. He said that was a good title to use. That's what she did. Uh, she ran on the Citizens' Party for the House and, and won. She ran against a great uncle of mine <laughs> on the other side of the family. Uh, I guess he was some upset. Beard's male colleagues in the legislature were also apparently less than comfortable with her presence there, forsaking a long-standing custom of seating new members after all previous members had taken their seats. The legislators unanimously agreed to give first choice of seats to the lady in the House. Julie Bresser of the New England Association of Archivists and Governor Madeline Cunin pick up the story. Edna Beard, the first woman was allowed to choose the very first seat, and the big joke was who was going to sit next to her. And nobody was for over an hour. Nobody chose the seat next to hers. And when someone finally did, there was great laughter and applause that he had the courage to sit next to Edna Beard. They had always addressed people in the legislature as the gentleman from whatever town it was, and she arrived on the scene, and they. My dad said that 
they had quite a quite a thing, the Secretary of State and the the Lieutenant Governor and I can't think who the third one was, got together and had quite a go around on what they were gonna do about what they were gonna call her. And that's when they finally came up with saying the member from whatever town. Edna Beard served one term as representative from Orange. In 1922, she ran successfully as a Republican for a seat in the Vermont State Senate. She was chairman of the Education Committee in the Senate. My mother said there was a lot of pressure put on her to run for lieutenant governor, and she declined. And my mother always felt that her health wasn't up to par, and is one of the reasons for that. Whatever the reason, Vermont would not have a woman as lieutenant governor until the inauguration of Consuelo Northrop Bailey in 1955. Today, portraits of these two pioneers hang on the statehouse walls. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.